What is good, everyone? This is your host, Deanna Kempel of Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. I am really excited. I have a very special guest. Her name is Abby Davis. She was the 2019 USA National Miss Buckeye State for the USA National Miss Ohio. She also has her own nonprofit, Safety Against Sexual Assault. Abby and I met um, working together against human trafficking in a human trafficking event I did last year, um, and she was one of our speakers. Um, I'm very blessed to have met you and just be connected with you. So Abby, can you please introduce yourself and tell, my, tell the audience a little bit about you and what you stand for and all these great things that you do? Yeah, of course. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be a guest on your amazing podcast. Like Deanna said, I'm Abby. I am 22 years old. I'm originally from a very small town in Ohio. Go Buckeyes. <laughs> and I moved to Chicago about two years ago. I'm finishing up my undergrad at Loyola University. I'm studying political science. Very excited to be graduating in December. Cool. And Deanna and I met because of the human trafficking event, as she said. And I was able to speak about my own experiences with sexual assault and wanting to advocate for people who have gone through similar experiences as I have and speak about the trauma that is induced during an experience such as that and just really relate to survivors and how we can all come together and support each other. Yeah. And I, you know what, it, I think it's the more people that like yourself that speak up about it, it it's really, I feel like you know, we talked about this before. It's such a taboo subject. And especially right now with everything going on and all these, these pedophilia rings that are being exposed. And, you know, I don't think that people realize how deep and how big of an issue this is. You know, I, you are probably like, I've have se I've had several strong female women guests like yourself that have, um, have gone through similar um, traumas and, I just think it's so important for you to share your story. Do you want to like tell a little bit more about that and how that yeah. you? Of course. Um, so I was 18 when I experienced my assault. I always had the mindset of, oh, it's not going to happen to me. I know how to take care of myself and how to defend myself. You know, always walked my car with my keys out and pepper spray and all of the mm -hmm. things that we're taught to do. And I never expected that the trauma that I experienced was going to be someone that I knew. I was never taught how to defend myself in that respect. Yeah. And so I kept it a secret. I didn't tell anybody for about a year and a half. And I was at my family's house for Thanksgiving in 2017. And my dad was cooking green beans and I just, I lost it. I got so upset and I went upstairs and I just, I cried and I cried. And finally my mom came upstairs and I was like, there's this thing, this huge thing that I need to tell you. Um, and it was because of the smell of green beans, which is something that I had ate for dinner that night, which oh, he had wow. cooked. Yeah. It had induced this such panic in me and I had never had an attack like that before. So I finally spoke to my mom and told her everything. And then I told my dad and eventually my entire family, but I was so ashamed about it for a year and a half that I kept that to myself. And eventually it led to this spiraling downward and I was so depressed. I did not have a very good semester in school. The fall, like the following semester after I finally came to terms with what happened, I just did not have any motivation because I viewed myself as a victim. And I was like, why did this happen to me? You know, this is such a horrible thing. Like, what did I do wrong? And I didn't stop to think, oh, I, I did nothing wrong. This wasn't my fault. 
So I eventually got into therapy, found an amazing therapist and was able to work through a lot of this stuff. But yeah, for the longest time, I thought that this was my fault and I was so ashamed and nobody would believe me because it was somebody that I knew. And I just, I didn't think anything would be believable in this situation. You know what, what you said, what you're saying is very common. A lot of the women that have gone through that and experienced that feel the same way. And, you know, and that, I think that that's one of the things that made me so passionate about go like doing that event against human trafficking and why I'm so vocal about this, the pedophilia, pedophilia stuff now that, you know, people don't want to talk about it. They kind of want to ignore it and like, oh, that's like, oh, it's not happening close to me or it's not happening to me. So like, I, you know, you know what I mean? So oh, yeah. I feel like they, once they start, when they start hearing more and more stories, like what, what the kind of damage that it does to, to people. And I mean, one of my guests, she was, and she shared it. She was three years old when she was being, um, I mean, that's considered human trafficked when they're, when they're, it's being happening, it's happening at home, not, not necessarily, you know, being farmed out, but that is considered the same thing. And so it started three years old. She started, it started three, ugh, excuse me. <laughs> I can talk today. I swear. <laughs> at three years old and um it was a family member and she um you know what took her down a very dark path she became a heroin addict and just like she turned her life around obviously and she has an amazing business she's she's uh, uh energy like intuitive she does a lot of great work um but i think it's so important to talk about it you know and if if and, you know, I have a niece and nephew. If anything ever happened to my niece and nephew, I think that I would lose my shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, would, I, I would, like, go to the deepest, darkest corners of the earth to find that, excuse my language, motherfucker. Oh, <laughs> that 100%. did that. I would be, like, strapping on, like, freaking the Tomb Raider or something, like, to scale, like, uh, mountains and stuff to, to find that person just because I would never want them to be damaged like that. And I have a younger, I live with my younger sister and obviously we live in Chicago and whenever like we go out or something, I, I'm always like worried because I'm like, I had this happen to me and I would never want you to go through the emotional trauma and psychological torment that I went through. And so I'm very protective of her in that sense. That's good though. That's a good thing. So with our experience, some of our traumatic experiences come wisdom and um, it, it teaches us really important life lessons. So let's talk about how you got into um, being the 2019 Miss Buckeye State. So how did that, how did you get there? Yeah, so I started pageantry my senior year of high school. I knew that there was a lot that I was passionate about, but at that time it was mental illnesses and combating suicide awareness and prevention. I had just lost a really good friend of mine to suicide and I realized that nobody was talking about it, much like nobody was talking about sexual assault in sure. the pageantry world. And so I entered a pageant because I thought this is a great way to use my voice and speak out about this. So I entered and I won and I was shocked about this. So back in 2016, I, I mean, you got, <laughs> I got great energy. Oh my gosh. You think that you wouldn't win. I was a newcomer and to, in pageants, you have to know people who know people and have the right kind of training, the right kind of walking, the best gown. It's very, it's a kind of, from birth, you have to be integrated into the world of pageantry. So, that so I was not, not expecting, no, it was. And I was super thankful because I spent that year advocating for mental health and suicide awareness and prevention. I traveled to New York City and met 
um, at the national headquarters for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. I got to sit down with them. I got to write blogs for their website. And it was just really, it sparked something inside of me that I wanted to continue advocating for things that I was passionate about. Sure. So I continued on in pageantry, advocating for mental illnesses and suicide prevention. And then eventually when I came to terms with what had happened to me and my assault, I wanted to switch things up and still focus on mental health and mental sure. illnesses, but also incorporate my experience in sexual assault. And so that's when the idea for safety against sexual assault came to be. And on Giving Tuesday of 2018, 20, 2018, yeah, um, I raised like $500 and I was able to go out and buy so many supplies for different women's shelters in the area and make care packages. I shipped them all across the country over like the past year and a half. Um, I think we're, we were at 20 states, um, just sending them to different women's shelters that needed help. Um, even if it's just mini shampoo bottles, conditioner, if there were children involved, we sent coloring books, stuffed animals. It was just Amazing. a great way to help people who I will never personally know, but have a personal connection because we share similar experiences. Sure. That's amazing. And you're doing so many great things at such a young age. That's very admirable because I feel like, you know, women like you or people like you are, you know, you're one of a kind because I don't like for me, like I was too, I grew up in a little bit of an, um, an abusive home. My father was not, my father was a deadbeat. So like when I got out of high school and, you know, I did, I did take some college. I didn't, I got my associates, I mean, almost a bachelor's, but um, like I kind of got into the party scene. And so like, I, I didn't really find my way until a little bit later in life. So like for you to be aware of all those things and put that into action is very is is amazing so like, oh, thank you you're going to school what are you going you're wait you told me what are you going to school for again political science okay so what are you going to do with that well originally i wanted to go to law school and everything but i come from a big sports family i love sports yeah. baseball football um and so i want to go into like sports management sports hr like the legal side of sports teams um also while still doing all of my community work obviously sure. but sure. that is that is the goal hopefully that's amazing you you are you are phenomenal so are any more pageants in your future for right now i'm taking a step back the heels are hung up they're retired for right now okay. but Maybe once I graduate and figure out next things in life, we will come out of retirement and give the stage one more try. Sure. sure. I mean, it has to be so much fun, but it has it it's is. Be so much, so expensive though. It's a lot of the pageants, they give generous scholarships. Um, so right. I'm very fortunate in that respect that I've been able to get a lot of scholarship money over the years. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an investment. There are a lot of sponsors. Um, so a lot of my gowns I've, been able to have sponsored and it's 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 an expensive hobby but one that yeah. I enjoy doing well I can relate to that because I I'm a bodybuilder competitor which you know mm -hmm. and like that's not a cheap process I mean you got I eat a lot of food you know I got to train a lot you know and just that whole you know and I, I supplements you know I do vitamins and just like protein powder and all that stuff that all like adds up so I get oh, I'm sure not to your extent with the gowns <laughs> and all that but yeah our posing suits our posing suits are like a thousand dollars oh I can imagine I mean they're beautiful but yes 
Yeah. And it's hard to, it's hard to get a sponsor for, for like the bodybuilders. Cause there's, you know, we're a dime a dozen. <laughs> there's wannabe bodybuilders and there's bodybuilders. Body. <laughs> I've competed for like 20 years. So I'm a bodybuilder. I've earned my stripes, but you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, 100%. But yeah, pageantry, it's, it's been a very big blessing in my life. I'm very fortunate for the titles that I've held and all of the work that I've been able to do because of them. You know, I have a question um, based on that. So you were 2019. Now what's happening with like since COVID and all this stuff with pageantry? So do you still so, hold your title right now until this is over? Um, so I gave mine up Labor Day of last year. So okay. Labor Day of 2019, I gave up my title okay. and they crowned new queens and their nationals was supposed to like the big national pageant that they hold was supposed to be in July but they've moved it back to Thanksgiving because of all like the travel restrictions sure. that are going on. And they just don't know who's going to be able to make it, who's not going to be able to make it. But for like the huge systems, like the Miss Universe and yeah. all those pageants, they haven't said anything. And there's some girls that are still representing and same with Miss America. They aren't doing any kind of state pageant. So all of their girls are getting another year with the title. Well, so it's really just on a, system by system basis yeah i mean that's i mean i'm sure they're kind of happy about that but that also kind of it kind of stinks for women that are other females that were looking forward to doing that and competing. yeah and especially yeah. for like the girls that are aging out it's like yeah. oh they're not going to get their shot and if they were wanting one more year i know some systems are allowing for another year of eligibility but others are just saying Too bad. sorry yep yeah that's terrible. Uh, so I actually, so one of my guests, what is, um, this is completely different, but she was a finalist for the next impactor. And that was, um, that event was last year. And so because of everything that's happening right now, she's able to hold on to her title. She won like, so the one person that won, and actually I was a guest on her show and actually I should connect you with her as one of like a service hero. I, I think, I, I wonder if I can nominate you. <clears throat> because you do the safety against sexual assault. So would you be interested in that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that would be, I think I'm going to connect you, you two. Um, but anyways, because of this whole COVID-19, she's been able to hold on to her title. Um, but that, that whole next impactor thing, it's amazing. What these people do for society and like community is just, it's, it's very inspiring. So I think you would like to be connected with her. Yeah, of course. Um, so do you, you want to tell us a little bit about it? Do you have anything going on with the safety against sexual assault? Like, is like, is it still active? You have people. Yeah. Um, so right now with everything that's going on, a lot of shelters, they're not taking donations because of, they just don't want like contamination and everything. So that kind of sucks, but hopefully once COVID is over, we can start back up again. Okay. Do you have a website for that? Yeah, um, there's a Facebook page at okay. Safety Against Sexual Assault. Um, so yeah, we I will, can I will connect put, with me on there. I will put all the links in the description okay. of the episode. So I'll make sure I confirm with you that I have all the correct ones. Okay. I probably could just find it myself. I'm pretty resourceful. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything that you'd like to, to leave, um, any last words of advice that you'd like to leave for the audience today? Just... To, if there's any survivors that are listening to this, a sexual assault or mental illness or whatever, just know that it's your story. It's your experience. And don't ever feel pressured to rush into telling someone. Like I said, it took me a year and a half to tell even one person about what happened to me. And to not be ashamed or embarrassed because it wasn't your fault. It doesn't matter if you were wearing the shortest mini skirt or you were wearing 
sweatpants and no makeup, it has nothing to do with that. I'm a firm believer that rape is not caused by what you're wearing. It's caused by rapists. So just know that it's not your fault whatsoever. And your worth is not determined by that. I love that. That was amazing. Well, Abby, thank you so much for being a guest today. And I would love to have you back. Maybe yes. all this is over and, you know, we can just like do a follow-up and see how things are going with you and for all sure. that, that great stuff. But, um, all right, you guys, this is your host, Deanna Kempel with Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, and share. And I, very, I appreciate your support so much. Thank you so much. Have a great day. And I'll be talking to you soon.